Welcome to Tattooed Freaks in Business Suits, recorded live in the kitchen of the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon. As a professional career coach, I help people navigate the hiring maze to get the job they really love. In addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, I do have a book available. You can find How to Get a Job Without Going Crazy on Amazon. My guest today is Denny Basham with Subsilio Consulting. If you don't know what that is, he is a reputation expert, so he's going to help us out with that side of things. So our show's purpose is to explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X, Millennials, and those to come after seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. So every show, we will explore a topic related to business or job searching, and of course, we're going to talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top-rated career coaching service. We focus on the practical tools for your job search, including resumes, LinkedIn profiles, job search coaching, and ongoing classes. So check out our ridiculously long website, personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com, or, you know, you can just Google it. So, hey, Danny, how are you today? I am well. Thanks for having me on this show, John. I, I really appreciate it. It's, I'm excited to talk about stuff. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to have you on my show as well. I first met Denny back in 2013 when I was really starting to expand my business. And I kid you not, the things that Denny taught me about reputation management and reputation marketing really put my business on the map. So I owe you a lot, Denny. Woohoo! Yeah, so why don't you just tell us a little bit more about uh, you and your company? Yeah, definitely. And as, as I said before, really excited that we were able to help you as well. I mean, I know that was, you're one of our first clients uh, way back when, you know, we've been doing this over six years now, Subsilio Consulting, that is. Um, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a geek uh, and a nerd, a techie nerd from way back when, a lot of uh, pre-sales engineering type stuff. So on the technical side, uh, my partner, Jana uh, Gilbert, who also, you know, we run the company together, uh, we're co-founders. Uh, she's more from the, on the marketing and sales side, so that's why we're a good team. Uh, Subsilio is a reputation-focused digital marketing agency, and that means we believe strongly in online reviews as a great way to increase visibility and get better leads, uh, better clients, people ready to do business right away because, you know, we all look at online reviews. I mean, I know I do before I'm, uh, you know, going out to a restaurant or hotel or really anything, right? So, Right. Uh, that's why that stuff matters. And, you know, as we've grown, uh, we've expanded. Uh, we've always done social media. You've know, always taken reviews and put them on social media, on Facebook, on back on Google, on Twitter, uh, you know, on websites uh, to really, you know, promote the reviews. And we started realizing that looks kind of weird if all you have out there are reviews. So we started doing more social media stuff where we enhance people's social media, um, you know, just with, with things other than reviews. And then finally, um, a thing we added about a year or so, a little over a year, uh, more digital advertising, banner ads. Uh, to, a lot of it promotes reviews. I mean, reviews are, are, are a great thing to promote for any business. So we promote ads with reviews. They convert really well. People click them. They like them. gives you trust, all these things. So um, so that's kind of, that's about us. You know, like about, about six years, have a few, a few dozen clients now, uh, focus a lot in Denver, although we do have some clients in Florida and also back east in the D.C. metro area too. So all right, that's cool. who we are. Cool. So your slogan is reputation matters. So what does that mean? You kind of mentioned that 
you know, we all are checking the reviews before we go out to even try a new restaurant anymore. So would you say that we are becoming overly dependent on these online reviews? Yeah, I mean, I, and I think we always kind of have been. It used to be you'd go talk to your neighbor next door. Uh, you know, like, I don't even hardly know my neighbor next door anymore, but I know yeah. everyone on Facebook, you know, that's in my echo chamber, right? And mm -hmm. and so, you know, that, that's the way to, instead of going next door or asking your neighbor, now you're you're going to your people on Facebook. You're looking on social media, like who you're following, um, and, and, you know, the reviews show up front and center there. So, you know, it, it's really taking your real-world reputation and making sure it's represented well online. So, you know, so when people look you up, they have other people saying good things about you. It's social proof that they're going to have a good experience. And by the way, Google loves it too because, you know, when, when you search on, uh, let's say, career coach, that sounds like a good one to search on, sure. uh, you know, Westminster, uh, Colorado, uh, you want the first thing that they see when they see your name to see your reviews and to mm -hmm. see that they're going to have a good experience with you and that's social proof. And then when they call, they're ready to do business with you. They feel like they already know you. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a flooring company we work with, and uh, you know she said that people call her off of Yelp, and it's like they already know her because they've read all the reviews, they see what people have said, they see what the out good outcomes have been from people that read reviews online, and they're ready. They're, it's not a cold lead anymore. Mm -hmm. It's actually a pretty warmed up lead, even though they've never talked to her before. I don't know if you've experienced this before. Right. That's that's the power of reviews. That's yeah. why it matters. So yeah. So what's the difference between, like, reputation management versus reputation marketing? Because that kind of sounds yeah. scary to me as a consumer, sure. thinking that somebody is, like, just farming reviews or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think of reputation management as uh, monitoring and alerting uh, on, your, on your reputation. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a backward-looking thing. It's kind of like accounting, you know, hey, I got a review, like, you know, what do I do with it? You know, that's, it's kind of the management piece of the world. That's reports and you know, here, uh, what, you know, information about what we have online and the newest stuff that's showing up, right? But that's just one little piece of how we view it. When we define reputation marketing, we mean helping you build uh, a great reputation online and then marketing that reputation to get more customers. And part of that's reputation management. The other part, there, there's four other quadrants, really. Uh, the, the main quadrant we focus on at first with companies is, you know, let's get your staff trained. Let's make sure, because if, if you have staff, they're the face of your company. You want to make sure they understand that they're, you know, they're going to get reviews and, and how to react to customers and how to deal with them and be trained in how to ask for reviews and feedback. Uh, the next piece of that is, is the technical side of, of creating the reviews. So things like feedback pages that we use, I'm not going to go super deep in this, but you know, a mechanism where people can go and leave feedback in a safe place. And then if they say something positive, then we want to encourage them to go online and leave that review online. So that's kind of the technical side of creating uh, your reputation, creating, help to create reviews and helping to get feedback so you can mm -hmm. improve your company. And also, you don't want to, you know, don't want to send people directly to Yelp because you don't know what they're going to say. We'd rather have feedback internal first if there's an issue we want to correct it internally. And then, you know, once that's corrected, then people will tend to leave good reviews, right? So right. that's the create part. And then there's still the marketing piece, which is as you get reviews, you know, as your staff is trained, as you have mechanisms to get feedback and to get reviews, then market those reviews across various channels. And I mentioned, you know, web, uh, social media, digital advertising, lots of places you can put it, TV ads, billboards. I mean, really any, anywhere. Put it in your mm -hmm. newsletter. You know, I'm like, put it on your mirror so you remember you had a good review. Yeah. Some, hey, you know, some days I need that. <laughs> right. Well, we had, we had someone at one of our, um, uh, our uh, mortgage companies that would print out his Yelp reviews at giant, like, like banner size, 
and put it up on his wall. And when people came in to see him, potential clients, they saw his Yelp reviews Yelp life size, right? right? So whatever makes you feel good about it or helps you influence people to say, hey, he's a good guy, good, good gal, you know, that's, that's what we do. So those, those four quadrants are important. Management's a piece of it, but then you still have to train staff. You have to have a mechanism for getting feedback and even including email campaigns, for example, that we know, you know we run for our, most of our clients, right? And mm -hmm. then the marketing side, and then you still have the managers. There's those four quadrants. Anyone that says reputation management, in my opinion, doesn't know what they're talking about. Like right. if they, you know, like, hey, okay, you got a piece of you have one of the four quadrants. What about the other three? So. Right. It's kind of interesting because for job seekers, a lot of those same strategies carry through. For sure. So one of the things, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but like on LinkedIn, you know, you get recommendations. And I'm not talking about the endorsements where you're just clicking on their skills that you like them or whatever. I'm talking about an actual written endorsement. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, of course, I'm going to screw it up. That's <laughs> 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 a, you know, a written recommendation. And whenever you're applying to a job on LinkedIn, the recruiters, the first thing they see of your summary, it's like your name, your headline, the most recent job titles, your school, and the number of recommendations you have. And that's before they even click on anything to see the rest of your profile or your resume or anything. So they immediately see the number of recommendations you have. And most recruiters want to see a minimum of three recommendations. Uh, that's not three per job, that's just three in total. But if you don't even have the three recommendations, they're left questioning, what's wrong with this guy? Seriously, why don't you have at least a couple per job, right? I mean, I have well, my LinkedIn profile, and I, I'm not looking for a job anymore, right? I mean, I've got my company, you know, and but I mean, I have, I would, I would exchange recommendations. So, like, you know, if I when I was leaving a company too, I would always have my boss write a recommendation. I tend to write one for them, you know, yeah. like so that it was just, it was like you used to get a, you know, a letter. Uh, from from your boss when you left somewhere, hopefully if they liked you. And right. now it's like get a recommendation on LinkedIn. Why wouldn't you do it? I mean, we have them for all my jobs have recommendations, and I think I have a few from Subsilia. I can't remember on LinkedIn, but I know for we have reviews, obviously. But you got to do it. Why wouldn't you do it? It's easy. Right, and it's like you know, I used to be a recruiter and I did HR for a number of years, and you know, doing the reference checks was something that we used to do a lot in the past, even though we know when we call people, they're only going to say positive things. Otherwise, why would you have them on your reference list? Sure, right. Right? But the recommendation thing is great because there's that quick hit, a get it immediately. And this is another reason why 90% of the time or 90% of employers are going to go look at your LinkedIn profile before they even call you in for an interview, even if you did not apply through LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a huge piece that people are looking for. And it, it sometimes it makes me feel like we're starting to live in that uh, episode of Black Mirror. It was called Nose Dive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, my my rating went down. You know, it's like Uber. You know, yeah. you, uh, we've, we've used Uber a lot. And if you go out to, you know, you got to be careful. And you go out and you take Uber to a bar and come back. If you go to a bar, we do it sometimes, you know, right? A restaurant mm -hmm. even, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, we have to be really nice to the Uber driver because they rate me too. You yeah, know, we, we, rate yeah. The, we rate us, you know, like, okay, we have to be nice. How was your night? You know, like, it's exactly yeah. like the Black Mirror episode, and I love yeah. that show, as, as you know. Yeah. Um, scary, right? Yeah, I even talked to uh, a gentleman recently, and he was an Uber driver, and he's also been struggling in his job search, and he's like, anytime somebody asks me about my job search, I tell them how it's really going, so 
and then they all give me bad reviews. I'm like, then don't talk Uh, about that anymore. (laughs) They don't want to hear bad. I mean, okay, it it sounds bad, but people don't really want to. When you say, how are you doing today? Like, people don't really want to know. It's just a social thing. People don't really, you don't want to, oh, God, it's been a horrible day. My dog just died. My cat has fleas. Like, they don't want to know that. They want to, there is the social responses. Oh, everything is great. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You know, it's. Yeah. Which all kind of brings to the the next phase of, you know, how reputable are these online reviews? So any business owner who's had any dealings with Yelp, they have a practice called sandbagging. Yeah. And I think sometimes for the general public, there's a misunderstanding with this. I mean, it's like I do have a paid account on Yelp, so I paid for the advertising. So, you know, it's a pay-per-click kind of campaign. But there's a false perception that if you are a paid advertiser on Yelp, they are going to bury your bad reviews. And I would say (laughs) in the the several years I've been on Yelp, that's not the case. Uh, A lot of times the review, and when I say sandbagged, it's like anytime you go and look at Yelp, it'll say, here's the reviews. And then it'll say, if you like look at mine, it's got like 30 plus positive reviews. And then yeah. it says there's another 40 that are not recommended. Right, right. And you can, it's like in really light gray. It's at the bottom of the page. You can scroll all the way down to it. You can click on it and then you can see them. And there's still five-star reviews, but it's something like the person just signed up to Yelp to leave me a review. They have right. no friends. They have no other reviews. And right. sometimes just they use too many exclamation points. So the Yelp gods go, oh, no, that's not going to fly. That's not real. And they kill it. Yeah. Yeah, Yelp is Yelp is kind of like the the site that businesses love to hate and hate to love. You know, it's like yeah. uh, you know, and and by the way, their algorithm is secret at some level, just like kind of like Google's algorithm is too. But um, I, I think, and I, although I've talked to a lot of people recently that say they always click those little the thing at the bottom because they want to see if there's anything bad that got buried too. So I know right. a lot of people actually look at the stuff that's even not on the home page. At least people that know what Yelp is. And that that's certainly not everyone. That's probably not my grandma, right? But I mean it's mm-hmm. you know people that are digital and millennials are, are probably going to click the the thing to see the unre- the non-recommended ones too. And um and like you said though, I mean there are things that influence Yelp. Like if you you know if you get someone that's a Yelp top reviewer, um someone that gets invited to the Yelp parties, their reviews are never going to get filtered hardly ever. Right. Um, you know, and so you always want someone. I, we re- we say don't send people to Yelp at all if if they're brand new, if they've never left a review. You know, but if they've left mm-hmm. a lot of reviews, like we leave a lot of reviews too. Um, by the way, and I, and I, I I say this just to mention it. We always say become a review connoisseur. Like it's like don't ask people to leave reviews unless you're going to leave them yourself. So if you're not mm-hmm. out there, and we don't leave negatives as, unless we can absolutely help it. Like you know we because we know there's a huge impact uh, from these things. You know. Over and the numbers fluctuate, but over ninety percent of people look at online reviews before doing business with a company, and that's a huge number. So yeah, we're kind of scary. I know <laughs> so people, many. people look it up. I mean, it's just like you, most people don't even remember their friend's phone number. So Google it. The first thing you see in Google is we're going to be reviews. First thing you see in social media is going to be reviews. They're everywhere, right? So right. it's like you know, be leave reviews yourself before. Why would you ask someone to leave a review for you if you're not going to leave review, reviews for other people, right? So. Um, that's just what, Yelp is a weird one. You know, there's also Google. Don't forget about Google. Yelp's number three now. You know, mm-hmm. kind of Google, Google, and Google for business, and keep changing the name. But that's the number one uh, review site. Facebook's number two now, and that's the easiest one to leave yeah. reviews on. But they don't have a good mechanism for disputing reviews. 
whereas right. Google and Yelp do, um, right? So, you know, Yelp's number three, um, but those are kind of the top three. And there's a, there's a there's dozens, if not hundreds of other secondary sites too. Yeah. Um, so don't forget, it doesn't have to be Yelp, by the way. It's a powerful site, but why not? And by the way, Yelp created their own thing where they had their sales reps at some point, and maybe they still do this. Hey, if you come do advertising with us, we'll bury the bad ones and accentuate the good ones. And Yelp denies that, but sales reps still say it. That's kind of where this all came from, I think. But yeah, um, yeah, you know. So I mean, and I think also Yelp thinks a lot of reviews are fake. Um, they, they estimate over forty percent they believe are fake, um, and and fake means someone that didn't do business with that company. And we always say never leave a review for someone unless you've experienced that business. So you know we're part of BNI, which is a big networking group, and I always tell people in there. Like, if you haven't experienced the plumber's work, don't review them. Like, you don't know what the experience is going to be for them. Don't say my client had a great experience with this plumber. Yeah. Your, your experience may be different than your client's experience. So only review stuff you personally know, and that eliminates the way of, you know, it's how do they pay for review, and you know, if, 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 you know, if you know it's, it's been, they, they personally experienced it. Um, even Amazon has prompts with this stuff, by the way. You have see verified purchasers now. But even then, people were, were sending items to people to leave reviews on Amazon, for example. Oh, yeah. So hard I, when my book came out, I had uh, you know, people having the strategy, do that, send your book to some influencers. Yeah. I think, but you know, we used to do that to radio stations all the time. While I was in radio, we'd give books all the time because they're hoping to get their review on, yeah. the, you know, on the air. And so that's not that wild out of the... And there's some sites that, you know, we got uh, someone wanted us to review some HR software uh, we were uh, trialing. And mm -hmm. they gave us a $25 Amazon gift card just for leaving the review. And they, there's a sites that will pay you for every review you leave. I mean, I would never leave a review unless and – I, and I was honest in my feedback. But I still got the $25 gift card from Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, if it was negative – and it was, they didn't say, we'll pay you for a positive review. Like they said, and it was their own site, by the way, so a little different than Google or, or Yelp, someone incentivizing them on Yelp. We say don't incentivize reviews, especially not on sites like Google, Yelp, Facebook. There's terms of service that you're violating big time by yeah. doing that, although Google does it themselves. It's, yeah, you get how that works, right? Oh, Google can do it, but other people can't. Yeah, that was the thing. I see uh, the big warning on Yelp all the time. Don't pay for reviews. Yeah. Don't accept payment for reviews. And sometimes the payment's like uh, – my massage place would be like, uh, leave us a Google review and we'll give you a $10 service, like a foot scrub or something. Yeah. But that's, that. that's still invented. Yeah. But, I can't even loophole. say that word. What a yeah. <laughs> incentivizing. So there's a way around that, by the way. Um, it's one of the reasons we use feedback pages. And uh, you know, a feedback page is just simply your own internal site. Uh, that that we create at least from for for our clients and you know that's where you go and say hey did you, did you like us tell us some you know here's some questions survey questions that we'd like to know more about and then what was your experience like right and mm -hmm. so that page is not a review site so you can incentivize someone to leave feedback there and then naturally if they leave, if they say something positive then we're gonna you know hey go to Google Yelp Facebook and leave this review right. So you're incentivizing the feedback, not the review. So that's kind of – I love that little loophole. Um, that's one of the great ways to do it, right? Yeah. Um, to not pay for the review but still, you know, get feedback. Um, and then and then once they leave positive feedback, they're going to be encouraged to leave the review on a site, right? So yeah, that's okay. how I think
Go ahead. So definitely one thing I want to talk to you about is how would you overcome like a bad reputation or even a bad review? Well, I see the first thing is like don't do bad stuff. I mean, this sounds kind of <laughs> obvious. I mean, it does, but – <laughs> don't be evil and things will don't be fine. Be yeah, but I mean, really, but honestly, like, if you take care of your customers, the likelihood of negative reviews is very, very low. And I would also say that when you get a negative review, read it and take it to heart and do your best to correct it. Because, how you, first of all, how you respond to a negative review and how quickly you respond to a negative review determines a lot of what the outcome is going to be. So uh, we're working with a travel agency, and they were kind of brand new um, into getting feedback into getting reviews. So here's what happened. I'll tell you, I'll give you a story on this. So, okay. uh, they, the, you know, we, we sent out campaigns for them, email campaigns to all the travelers to get, you know, to get feedback on all of them. And, uh, one lady left negative feedback, which we get alerted to, by the way. So we have a ticketing system and it, all the alerts come in both negative and positive. And the negative ones were like, Hey, did you see this? Uh, do something, call them right away. You know, human to human contact H to H is right. You know, it's the big mm -hmm. thing. Like don't leave them a voicemail. You got to talk to them real time. And they, they didn't do it right away. So they kind of ignored it. Uh, they waited a few days. Uh, our system automatically will follow up and say, hey, we saw something. We said had an issue. We're going to get right. in touch. Here's our phone, you know, the phone over the client. Oh, stuff. So, yeah, the client's even expecting it. Expecting it, right? And so they waited too long. And guess what happened? So this feeds into HUA, which is heard, understood, and acknowledged. So clients want to be heard. They want to feel like they were understood, when, especially when they had a negative experience. And they want to be acknowledged, so you have to make that contact. And so they turn up the volume when the HUA doesn't happen. So if, they, if you don't follow up with someone that left negative feedback on your feedback page, they're going to leave an online review. So next thing they did, they went and left a review on Yelp. And yeah. then they went and left a review on Google. Negative. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. they went and left a review on Facebook. And mm -hmm. then that echoes, Yelp echoes out the Bing. Right. And so and then yeah. Yahoo. And then all of a sudden all these negative reviews start showing up like, oh my God. Like no what stop. That was Yeah, right. So that was their the, the volume got turned way up. And so and fortunately I said, guys, you, you have to now, like and in the future, as I've said before to you, immediately, twenty four hours if possible, when you get a review of any kind and feedback, follow up right away. Talk to someone live. Make sure it's, you know, corrected. Make sure that whatever the, their issue was, that you're on top of it. And by the way, they did that, and they were able, they, they got it in time. Even mm -hmm. though it was much longer than it should have been, that person actually, they got a, that person got a somewhat partial refund for their trip from the agency, the, other, the agency it was booked through, mm -hmm. and, uh, and they removed the negatives. And so if it had been two weeks, though, that's not ever coming off. So, yeah. like, I would say yeah. the biggest thing is you, you have to know, if, if you're not alerting and monitoring yourself, Make sure an agency like us does the monitoring for you so you know right away. Mm. And then make sure that you take immediate corrective action and contact the client. Talk to them. I mean, H2H, not just an email. It's like a phone call. You want to talk to someone live and make sure yeah. it's resolved as much as you possibly can. And then, I mean, you're likely to get taken off if they left the negative is really high unless they're a poo-poo head. You know mm -hmm. what poo-poo heads are. Poo-poo yeah. heads are just kind of jerks. Yeah. You see, they all have all negative reviews on Yelp. That's all mm. they have. And it's the kind of person you could give a bar of solid gold, uh, which is worth, I think, about $500,000 these days, a, a big bar of solid gold. And they would say, well, it's too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like this shade of gold. Yeah. This is, what, what am I going to do with this? I'm, I mean, I, I appreciate it, but I, well, how am I going to get this home? You know, my back. Like, you know, it, so poo-poo heads you can't deal with. But fortunately, I believe that's a very small 
percentage of people, and I believe American consumers in general are, are going to be good people. I mean, I was just I, I, I've uh, I've done some purchasing of some products recently, and this this product I purchased has a lifetime, fully transferable warranty. So it's not my lifetime; it's the lifetime of this item, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of the and they and the people said, "How can you offer this?" Well, first of all, they have they have complete faith in their product. That's how they can offer it. And the second thing is, they said we have faith in the American consumer that they're largely good people. They're they're not out to screw us over. You know, they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna be good people. So I'd say most people are good people. They just want to be heard. As occasional poopoo heads, you can't stop those. But the way to uh, to proactively do this is to go out and get reviews. If you if you have two reviews and one of them's bad, you got a big problem if you can't get yeah. that one removed. Yeah. If you got thirty or forty or fifty or a hundred, you get one poopoo head. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still want to try whatever you can to get it removed and to make sure the customer's taken care of. But it's not going to. I mean, your your rating goes down from five to four point nine eight. You know, like yeah, not as big a deal. So. Yeah, I actually even had a client tell me once that. Uh, and we share on request all of our reviews from the internal page because we have over 220 uh, reviews with an average rating of 4.9. So there are a few. We average about two or three marginal to bad reviews a year. So yeah. not not bad when we're working with five to 600 people a year. You know, that's the only ones. But uh, this particular client was like, I'd like to see some of the bad reviews to see how you handled it and how many of those you got. And I'm like, I am more than welcome to share that with you and explain what the circumstance was. Like, one of the bad reviews we got was a client felt like um, the writer was not being responsive, but her husband had just had open heart surgery and had complications with it. Yeah. So it's it's like, we, we explain things and she's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Right, right. Yeah, because she was all like, this person is so unresponsive and unprofessional. It's like, well, her husband almost died, so... (laughs) Right, right. But anyways, the other thing, too, on the reputation side of things is for job seekers, I bet we have some listeners who are wondering that for themselves. Sometimes stuff happens and you get fired from a job or you're... uh, I often see this, too, where there's, like, corporate restructuring and the new boss doesn't like you for whatever reason and they'll just start making up reasons to uh, dislike your work or your production and then it's what I call with HR they build a case so they nitpick and go after any little thing that you do wrong so that um, they have an excuse to let you go (laughs) yeah Yeah, which is kind of scary but I mean that's real world and we know that happens so As an HR professional, of course we want to speak to the immediate supervisor, but if there was something that was going on and you can honestly explain it, giving us like fellow coworkers or customers or your previous boss before this one stepped in place or uh, someone from your last role, that is still going to carry a lot of weight with it. because just like uh, consumers are looking for businesses, patterns of behavior, especially patterns of bad behavior, uh, HR is looking for the same thing when they start doing those reference checks. And none of us are perfect either, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we make mistakes. I think it's how we respond yeah. to mistakes as a business or as a person um, and, and not so much that we're going to be perfect because 
gosh knows I'm not perfect by any stretch. And we, we mess up stuff all the time, and it's how we respond to it. I think that, as, as someone that hires people, I mean, I think that's what we look for is not that you're perfect, but, you know, how do you respond mm-hmm. to the challenges you face, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're up to um, one of my favorite part of the show, and we are going to actually talk about some tattoos. Now, Denny, you're weird, right? Because you don't have any tattoos, do you? I, I've thought about it. I've used those ones like come out of cereal boxes that you like lick and spit. <laughs> I've, I've had those before. I, I love the colorful ones, but no, I don't. I'm a I'm a I'm a wuss when it comes to pain. I think uh-huh. maybe that's part of the attraction of it, right? But I, I, I although I will admit, I went to an acupuncturist office the other day for the first time, and he and he stuck and I couldn't look at it, but he stuck one of those little thin ones in my arm, and it didn't hurt that bad. So I have done that. Yeah. Well, the, the tattoos are a little bit different. Right. Sure. <laughs> so I'll actually tell you about what of mine, because uh, one of our listeners said, oh, they wanted to hear about my tattoos, too. So I've, I've got a few tattoos. I know you've seen like one or two of them. Do you even know how many I have? Oh, I have no idea. I have like nine. Wow. I know. I'm pretty, I am so heavily tattooed that I could walk into a tattoo shop and say, I want a tattoo on my face, and they will do it without question. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, Donna. No, I mean, not that it's a bad thing if anyone, I mean, no Mike Tyson here, right? Like, right, right. <laughs> but um, So one of my early tattoos that I got, it's actually like a tiger, and uh-huh. it's done in black and white. It wasn't meant to be in black and white, but uh, <laughs> I got poor, and I could never go finish it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge so it's about from the the top of my knee to the middle of my thigh and it wraps around most of the thigh itself wow i know but this is one of those things that probably should have checked out the reputation of the artist <laughs> <laughs> so this is flash meaning you know i walked into the tattoo shop and i just picked it off the wall i know you would think i'm going to spend like I probably spent $400 on this thing or something. Yeah, sure. You know, back in the day, because this was like in 1994. I'm a Gen X. And um, it was several hours long, and he he was just going to do the black work and the shading. And then I was supposed to come back in a month or two to get the color done. And uh, But the way he did the shading, there's no room for color. So it's halfway between... Um, black and gray is a specific style of tattooing mm-hmm. um, versus just really, really bad shading on it. And then over the years, the, the ink he used is also bled out really bad. Ah. So you can't, the, the face is all busted up. You can't even tell what it is. Oh, <laughs> I know, it's hilarious. So, <laughs> so you lost all the detail in the in the liger. You see, you said li- tiger, not liger, right? I, right. It is a tiger. He does have stripes. People can see the stripes on like the shoulder and the leg, but the face, they're like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> so definitely check the reputation of your artists, and don't just look at the book of tattoos that they have because that's always just their best quality work, not just what they've done whenever. Um, if they look, if they look like they're shaking too much, probably don't use that guy. <laughs> and read the bad ones too, right? I, yes. I remember when I was getting laser eye surgery done, uh, one of the things they said is to ask the surgeon what was the worst outcome you had, and how did you deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what you want to hear from a tattoo artist. You don't want them to like spell the name incorrectly, you know, like that. I've seen a few of those commercials, right? You know, oops, I spelled the name wrong. Um, yeah. 
you know, yeah. but you know, what was the worst outcome, you know, and, and how did you deal with it? Like, once again, how do you deal with failure or mistakes? And mm -hmm. I mean, look at that stuff too, but yeah. But are it's you going to get the tiger done now? Like, can you get it like fixed? Oh, I have talked to some of the best tattoo artists in Denver about what possible cover up could we do? Yeah. And there's not much you can do because it's black. And the only thing that usually generally covers black is black. Right. <laughs> so hard lesson learned, but you know what? I am just passionate about tattoos anyways. I even love bad tattoos. So I that's that's my worst one. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that's it for our time today. We went over a little bit of our normal time, but I think it's totally worth it. Uh, once again, my name is Donna Shannon, and Denny, why don't you tell us once again who you are, your company, and how people can get a hold of you. Oh, yeah. Once again, uh, Denny Basham with Subsilio Consulting. That's S-U-B-S-I-L-I-O Consulting. Uh, that's one great place to go to is SubsilioConsulting.com. Uh, if you'd like, by the way, I'll do this for your audience. Uh, sure. If you would like a free snapshot report, and what that's going to do is it's going to look at your business, uh, pull up your online reviews, look at your social media profiles, even your web stuff, and give you a, a snapshot of that and run alerting for seven days. Uh, go to showmemyrep.com. That's showmemyrep.com, and uh, that'll give you a snapshot report. And uh, we're happy to discuss it with you as well. I'll give you a free consultation if you'd like to chat about it more. For you, or if you just want to run it and don't want to chat with us afterwards, that's fine too. So showmemyrep.com is a good place to go to. All right. And uh, if you want to get a review of your resume or your LinkedIn profile and see some ways to increase your own uh, recommendations, uh, definitely go to my website, personaltouchcareersservices.com, and uh, you can request a consultation from there. Well, thanks, Denny, and uh, for everyone else, we'll see you next time.